Welcome to the Nourished and Free Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Yates, a registered dietitian, and this is where we talk all things intuitive eating, body image, and really just how to create a healthy relationship with food. When my clients first start working with me, I ask them to put the pursuit of weight loss on hold. And there's a lot of reasons for this, but mainly it's because it is really difficult to heal our relationship with food and with our body while still actively trying to lose weight. Not impossible, but it is difficult. And so what ends up happening is that at some point they come to me and say, I still want to lose weight though. And I know I'm not supposed to want to, I know I'm not supposed to try to lose weight, but I just don't really know what to do, right? And so I want to talk more about that. I want to speak more to this in today's episode and really go into the nuances of why I ask my clients to do this and when it's okay to go back to the pursuit of weight loss and if it is okay to do that. So I'm really excited to go into this. I think this is an episode that has been needed for a really long time. And I have finally taken the time to really get it out and get it put together. So here we go. Weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. Feels like it's always on our minds as women. We want to shrink our bodies. We want to look like Kim Kardashian or Kendall Jenner or Kylie Jenner. Just really anybody from the Kardashian family would be great, right? (laughs) And so we're constantly trying to figure out how can I make myself look different? It's so incredibly rare to meet somebody who doesn't feel self-conscious about their body in some way. And I don't know that I actually ever have since I've been an adult, right? You meet kids that don't care because they're a kid and they don't have that self-awareness yet and they haven't really had that much exposure yet to caring. But as an adult, I honestly don't know that I've ever met anybody who straight up does not have something that they want to change about their body. And that's really sad. That's really sad. And that's a bummer. And that's actually why I don't tell my clients to stop wanting to lose weight. And if they pick up that message, that's my fault. I don't mean that. I don't mean that they need to never have the desire to lose weight. It shouldn't be something that they're like, I'm not allowed to want to lose weight. But the difference is that I don't necessarily want them to be pursuing weight loss because I don't think it's going to solve all the problems that they think it's going to. Now, I'm not like 100% against somebody pursuing weight loss because they can make whatever choices they want to make. They can do what they want to do. My hope is just that their decision is an informed one. But I, at least in the containers that I work with women, when we're working on healing our relationship with food and we struggle so, so much with our body image, pursuing weight loss just doesn't really seem to be the right thing to focus on, right? In that moment and in that stage and and part of their life. And, you know, the reality is... And I'm going to go more into kind of like, how do we lose weight in a healthy way? But the reality is when we start to actually take on the behaviors that are fostering healthy living and promoting healthy, healthy body, weight loss might come, right? And so the thing with with the women that I work with is it's this interesting paradox of how some of their bodies might be at a higher weight than it like can function its best at. But trying to lose weight and focusing on that weight loss 
has always backfired for that person for their whole life, right? Because the behaviors that oftentimes come along with the pursuit of weight loss don't help us to lose weight, (laughs) even though we think it's going to. But then once we kind of take weight loss off the table and we're not using that as our primary motive anymore and we're like flipping it so that the, the primary motive is now improving our behavior rather than improving our weight, right? But we flip it on its head, then the weight seems to fall into place. And so that's why I like to tell my clients, hey, let's stop pursuing that right now. Your weight will do what it needs to do through this process. And we can respect that and honor that. And for a lot of them, that is going to be releasing weight because a lot of the women I work with are binge eaters. And so there's been a, a for an extended amount of time, there's been an excess of food that they've been partaking in, right? And so a lot of times their body will release weight when they are able to solve the binge eating, but their weight is not the thing we need to fix. It's the binge eating that we need to fix, right? So do you see that difference there where a lot of times in our culture and in our, like, you know, a lot of times with coaches that I see online and dietitians, the focus is the weight. We're always weighing ourselves. We're doing progress photos. We're doing X, Y, and Z. That's the main objective. The main objective is not to fix the behaviors that are causing the weight. So that's why I really love my my approach because number one, we're really getting to the root of everything. (laughs) And it's almost, I mean, it is painful. I was about to say it's almost painful, but then I corrected myself. It is painful to get to the root of everything. Sometimes there's trauma underneath the surface. If there's not trauma, there sure as hell is some hurt and difficulties and, and challenges. It's hard work. That's why I work with my nourished and free clients for four months because four months is still not enough time. I don't like it's not for the grand scheme of healing your relationship with food and with your body. But in four months, it's still an extended amount of time that we can do a ton of groundwork. We can do a ton of troubleshooting and we can actually get to the roots of what's going on so that that person can then start to, you know, crawl their way out of these behaviors that they've been stuck in in a rut with. So, so I want to make something abundantly clear. If you want to lose weight, that's okay. If you genuinely feel like your body should lose weight and you know in your heart that you're not at your set point, that's okay. Again, my goal is always that my clients are informed and they have the right education and knowledge around the topic of weight, around the topic of nutrition and how their bodies work you know, as much as they need, right? They don't need a whole college education on it, but at least for them to understand their own bodies. That's always my goal is that they're really, truly informed about their unique bodies and they're able to draw some educated conclusions or guesses about what's going on with their bodies. So it's okay. Like, I think we get stuck in this anti-diet space of, I feel so guilty if I want to lose weight still, right? Just full disclosure, you guys, I still have days that I want to lose weight and I'm in a generally thin body, right? Like I, (laughs) I can't imagine what it's like. I can't imagine because I've never been in that position to be in a fat body. And I say fat as a neutral descriptor. I don't say that as an insult or to be mean. I say it as a neutral descriptor, just like I do the word thin. I don't know what it's like to be in a fat body. And I still want to lose weight. So 
like, I can't imagine my friends who are in a fat body that are in a larger body, how they're feeling in a culture that so idealizes losing weight so much so that even me and my thin body still wants to lose weight. You know what I mean? Like that is just so it's heartbreaking for me. And it really does make me check myself. Like, man, I, I should be fighting for my larger bodied friends to not be so influenced by the culture telling them they have to lose weight, even if they're living a perfectly healthy lifestyle. That's what I should be focused on. I shouldn't be focused on my body, right? Like it's not helping anybody for me to be feel to be focused on my body. That's not doing anything for this world. So, but with that being said, yeah, I do have days where I still am like, you know, after having my ba- my second baby, it's like, okay, my skin stretched out a little bit more this pregnancy. And so now I have more loose skin than usual. And things are a little bit tighter in odd areas than they were when I was this far along postpartum with my first. Like, do I need to buy new clothes? I don't want to buy new clothes because it's really annoying to buy new clothes. And it's expensive. And I hate shopping. And so I, it would just be easier if I lost weight right? Like that would just be so much easier. And I wouldn't struggle with the bad body image days anymore. And what I've found is that it's such a slippery slope when I do that. And this is why like for the majority, I think it's just helpful to like across the board, talk about not focusing on weight loss, because I felt in my mind, like I'm just full disclosure with you guys, I'm being so honest right now. There was a time a month or two ago at the time of me recording this, that I was just really having some super bad body image days, right? And like, I coach other women on how to get through their bad body image days, but it's still like, sometimes those things don't even work for me. And it's because I have my own past eating disorder. And so it's still in there somewhere, right? It's just not winning nearly as often as it used to. And so sometimes though, it, it can be tricky and it can sneak up on me and it can start to win again. And, and I had such bad body image days for a couple days in a row that I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like try to eat like under a certain calorie limit and just like be low key about it. Like it's not a big deal. And literally the second that I was like, I'm just going to do it. It's not a big deal. I'll just do it for like a few weeks, few months, whatever, like no big deal. The second that I had, you know, made that decision that was coming from a disordered place, it was coming from a place of like weakness. I was like, I want to binge on all this food in my pantry. (laughs) And I had like a huge bag of popcorn that I ate way too much of that was like not helping me feel good physically. But it was like immediately I had that response that I needed to, it was like that last supper response, right? Like my diet starts tomorrow. So I'm going to, you know, the whole deal. And so like, that was just such a lesson to me in that half a day that I made that decision, or even just a couple hours that I had like made that decision. I quickly learned that's a terrible idea, Michelle. Like, what are you doing? This is proof right now that you focusing on weight loss is not helping. And, and so like, for me, like I kind of needed to go to that point in order to come back out. And I think that's true of some of the women I work with too. Like they need to get to the point of like, it's okay. Like, you know, I've done all the tools to work on my body image, but I just still want to lose weight. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to try for a little bit. It's not a big deal, right? Like I can always go back to intuitive eating later. And they kind of need that experience of realizing, oh, this is putting me right back where I started. (laughs) You know, it's like, this was a relapse. This wasn't a, 
this wasn't helping me. It was harming me and it was putting me back where I started, which helps me to then learn from that experience and continue to move forward. Um, I'm thinking of a client that I have that she actually, she started my program. She was somebody that struggled with the diet and binge cycle. And almost immediately, she was having freedom from binging. She was being, she was able to go out to eat with her friends without worrying about counting calories and all of that. She was like an avid calorie counter. And then a few weeks along, she was having a bad body image day and it really, really wrecked her. And it might have been more than a day, but essentially what ended up happening is she started counting calories again because she wanted to lose weight again. And then the binging came back and all of these behaviors that she had come to me to fix, right? That she had started with, she was right back at the beginning and she was so discouraged like that. She felt like she was failing. She felt like she just like could not be fixed. And my main point to her was, Hey, it's okay. I'm actually glad you went through this because you're learning that that's not the right thing for you. You're learning that trying to count calories, trying to lose weight right now is really not helpful for you. You need to focus on something different. And when you do focus on something different, you have freedom and you know that because you've seen that for an extended period of time before this little relapse happened. So it's just, it's really interesting. I don't think that weight loss in and of itself is always a bad thing, but I do think that like when we focus on it, things change things change. We get stuck in that diet cycle so quickly and it can be so sneaky. For me, it was so sneaky, right? Like I'm just going to cut back like a few, like maybe just eat like, you know, stop eating a little bit sooner than I usually do. Maybe not have as many snacks as I usually do. And then like, bam, I was like binging, you know, (laughs) it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so sneaky. You really have to be on guard against what happens when you want to lose weight. All right, I'm going to take a super short break to announce some important things, and then I will be back to talk about how we can lose weight in a healthy way. So stick around, my friends. Here's a quick break. If you are absolutely loving this podcast, can you just do me a really quick favor and exit out of this, go to the show, and leave me a five-star rating? Or if you're like so thrilled with this that you can barely contain yourself and you just have to talk about it, leave a comment even better. This really, really helps me to be found when people are searching for podcasts to help heal their relationship with food. And if you agree with me, you agree with my mission and you feel like I'm doing good work, it is so, so meaningful to me when you leave something as small as a five-star review, because that really does help me to continue helping others. And if you want to go more in depth into healing your relationship with food and actually have the support of a coach and a dietitian, visit yatesnutrition.com to see how I can help you personally. So let's get into the juicy stuff. How does one have a healthy relationship with food and their body and lose weight if it's right for their body, right? I am not recommending weight loss if it's not right for your body. I'm not recommending weight gain if it's not right for your body. I'm not recommending anything that's not right for your body, okay? So (laughs) don't you take this the wrong way. But let's talk about the things that I like to focus on with my clients that will ultimately help them to going towards whatever that thing is that's best for their body. Sometimes it's weight loss. Sometimes it's not losing any weight, but a body composition change. Sometimes it's weight gain. You know, it's kind of up to their genetics. So first thing that we do is we get to the root. We take the focus 
off the weight and the numbers like I've already been explaining. And instead, we really focus on getting to the root behaviors and the habits that are causing those numbers. And I don't even want to say the word cause that are contributing to those numbers, right? Because these numbers are not directly a result of what we eat and if we exercise or not or what kind of exercise. There's so many factors that play into what we weigh, but they are contributing, right? And even like underneath the behaviors, there's always a root of why we have those behaviors, why we make the choices we make, right? Because the reality is we all know that we need to eat more vegetables. We all know that strength training is really beneficial. We all know that exercise in general is really beneficial. That doesn't mean that we do it, right? There's something underneath that's deciding not to do that even though we know it's the better thing for us. So that's what I mean when I say I'm getting to the root is we're getting to the root of the thought processes and what's going on that's really causing somebody to decide not to do the thing that's healthy for them. The next part is having the right tools in your toolbox for dealing with when temptations to binge eat come up or emotional eat or just overeat in general, the temptations to restrict even. Sometimes we restrict as a result of how we're feeling. The temptations to be really upset with our body and that makes us want to do unhealthy behaviors like crash diet or whatever it is. We have to have the right tools in our toolbox for our body image as well. And then I like to call my approach to nutrition as a focus on food wisdom. I think a lot of times what people get wrong when they try to do intuitive eating is they turn it into the hunger and fullness diet. And so it's all about eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. (laughs) And there's a huge problem with that as well if you don't have your hunger and fullness cues consistently because of years and years of dieting or stress or sickness or whatever it is. Even medications can stifle your appetite. So doing the quote unquote hunger and fullness diet and mindful eating is like helpful, but it's only half the story. We really have to have food wisdom. And that's where nutrition education comes in even some basic education about macros. I don't like have my clients calculate their macros by any means, but I do want them to know like how different nutrients affect their body and help them in different ways, depending on the circumstance and the meal and the snack. And I teach them how food can affect their energy, how they feel their biology. I show them like, Hey, here's timelines are just like patterns of meals that can be helpful, right? And I think that's a big thing too, is like looking at the eating patterns and eating routines of an individual, that can be such a huge change. If we fix that so that it helps them and it works for them and not against them, and it even just fits their lifestyle. If somebody's a busy mom, right? They've got five kids. They're all in different activities. They're constantly in the car driving somebody to some activity. Then eating like Tom Cruise, what does he do? Like he eats every like two hours or something, something ridiculously fancy and expensive. That's not going to work for you. So we have to figure out what is going to work for you. If you're a nurse and you work a 12 hour shift or a physician or somebody who's like, on the floor in a hospital and you get a very tiny break to eat, maybe 15 minutes. But like, especially for nurses, like shout out to all the nurses out there. I used to work at a hospital and work alongside you guys. And I experienced firsthand how freaking busy you are and how much is demanded of you. I know that you don't get a full 15 minute break to eat 
And I just want to shout you out and let you know that I see you. And my longing for you is that you get that full 15 minutes. (laughs) Because even 15 minutes is not like ideal for getting a meal in, right? And being able to really savor it and enjoy it and, and still get to the bathroom and like fix your hair, whatever. But a lot of times what happens with these nurses is that like they have their scheduled break, but their patient at the same time is coding or needs a new medication, or it like needs to go to the bathroom. And so they don't actually get to take that break. And so yeah, having like a meal pattern that doesn't work for that is is stupid. It's setting you up for failure. You shouldn't try to eat every three hours. If you try to have like extravagant meals or like something that you know, that doesn't work for a nursing profession. So We really have to think about what makes sense for that individual. And then a really important part as well is removing the hierarchy of foods. Uh, Some people don't really understand how this can affect your weight, right? Like, how can this affect my biology? How does that like, it's just like labeling foods as healthy or unhealthy, right? Or good or bad, or like, eat this, not that. But honestly, having this hierarchy really facilitates a desire to rebel over the foods that are lower on the hierarchy, right? We place this importance on food like vegetables, or I guess, depending on what you've been taught, like fruits are either good or bad, like carbs are either good or bad. It just really depends on, you know, who's influenced you. And, and so what happens is that the foods that are not supposed to be good for us, which are usually like, oh, sweets and foods that have come out of a package and things like that. Then we have this interesting rebellious side to us about those foods. And so we have to learn how to remove that hierarchy and view foods in a new way that is neither right nor wrong. Instead, it's just like, again, back to that food wisdom. It's like, what's going to work for me? So that's what I love to to work through with my clients, even like right off the bat. I give them like a resource that's really helpful in figuring out their eating patterns, the food wisdom side of things, and figure like and taking away the hierarchy of foods so that they can really just right away dive into getting to the roots of everything, right? And and making sure that what they're doing is actually honoring their body. Another thing that's really, really huge to me and that I think has made the world of a difference in me being a good dietitian and me being like a great dietitian is I take the component of psychology very seriously in terms of how we view food, like food psychology and even like body image psychology, like that is really, really important in this work when we're trying to heal our relationship with food and and adopt healthy eating behaviors and healthy exercise behaviors, because our, our bodies are fluid. We're never at one number on the scale all the time. And, and our nutrition is fluid. Our days are fluid. Like we can't just eat the same meal every day for the rest of our lives and expect that to work. And so if we set ourselves up for that, and then we are in turmoil because it doesn't work, then we need to have the right mindset tools and the right mindset work for overcoming the things that appear to be a barrier for us and appear to be like a downfall or even like when we don't do as well as we think we should. The mindset piece is so important because it's it's teaching yourself how to coach yourself so that you don't need to have a dietitian. You don't need to hire a coach the rest of your life. You can actually coach yourself because you're learning how to do the mindset work that is 
removing the self-sabotaging behaviors and setting you up for success instead, even in different seasons in your life, right? It's like your mindset is not dependent on your circumstance. Your mindset will change due to your circumstance. And so then you have to learn to rewire the thoughts to continue to serve you regardless of what your stage of life is, regardless of what's going on. And then exercise is also huge. And by the way, I'm going to have a post linked in the show notes that really lays this all out like on a list. If you like to kind of see visually each little point that I'm going through, Um, you can also go to the transcript of this show. But the next thing is just exercise. We have to find a physical activity we enjoy. Just like, that's it. And I don't mean that you're like... (laughs) I don't mean that you're going to be obsessed with it and that every time you go to move your body, you're going to be so excited about it. I think that's an issue that that comes up as well in the space of like joyful exercise and stuff like that is that we feel guilty or we feel like we're doing it wrong if we're not like super pumped every time that we go to work out or to do whatever form of exercise we've chosen. Sometimes, some days, it's just tolerable and that's okay. As long as it's still serving your body, I think you should still do it. In the body positive space, I see a lot of discussions about exercise, like, you know, kind of back to what I was saying, like, we're super pumped about it every day, or at least that's the impression it's giving off is that you just absolutely love it. And there's no issues. And it's like, if you don't love it, then don't do it. But I think they're missing a really important part of exercising, which is that exercise is hard, right? Sometimes we can do things that are really chill, like go on a walk or whatever, but even that can be hard if you haven't gone on a walk in a long time. Anything that's pushing your cardiovascular fitness or building muscle is going to end up being hard at some point. Maybe not every time you do it, but sometimes it is. And that's okay. That's actually like, that can be a good thing depending on what point in your fitness journey or in your fitness routine or workout regimen you're in. Sometimes you need to be a little bit more on the rest side. Sometimes you need to be a little bit more on like the pushing your comfort zone side. And I have an issue with like, yeah, this body positive space when they talk so much about loving exercise that I get the impression that they don't want you to ever push yourself or that they're being like really sunshine and rainbows about it when the reality is that exercising is hard. And that's when the most endorphins are released is when it actually is hard. And so, yeah, you should be able to like, you should be willing to push your comfort zone when you're doing an exercise, but also find enjoyment in that. I think there's, again, a mindset shift there between like, oh, I'm so out of shape to this is like, this feels really productive. This feels like I'm really building strength because this is really hard right now. And I'm excited that I'm pushing myself or whatever. And and I can be like, yeah, I, I think that feels good. I went from a place when I used when I yeah, like just started working out and everything where it felt like sucky. And you can totally, you can totally live that way the rest of your life where you're like working out sucks. It sucks. It's hard. I don't like it. Or you can be like, this is enjoyable. It's a hard thing. And I can do hard things. And I feel strong and I feel empowered that I'm doing a hard thing. So I love exercise. <laughs> I actually don't talk about it very much. But I just wanted to highlight that we so often are like confusing joyful exercise with just like not pushing our comfort zone. And I'm not about that. I want you to push the comfort zone. I want you to push yourself and really actually build strength and endurance. And then a part of us really finding homeostasis, in other words, like true balance within our bodies is managing stress. And I think people forget that a lot, that stress 
releases stress hormones, which can actually hold on to weight. They can cause that fight or flight response in your body where you're not really like things aren't working quite right. And so that can lead to like insulin resistance and hanging on to weight if you're chronically stressed. So stress management is huge and really important. And that's also a part of what I do with my clients is like, let's talk about self-care. Let's talk about self-nurturance. Let's talk about how to relieve your stress. Even if your life is stressful, all of our lives are stressful. And so it's learning to cope with it in the middle of it. We're never going to be stress-free unless we take a very specific type of vacation at a very specific time that will last probably five to seven days, you know? (laughs) So even then you can be stressed by the airport. Like it's like the tiniest bit of stress can send off some, some things throughout your body that are responding. So it is important that we, that we manage that and that we're aware of where our stress levels are at and we're taking care of ourselves. And then just to say one more time, another part of healing your body from the inside out and reaching a state of health that we all really long for is being okay with not losing weight. Sometimes it's just not in the cards for you and that's okay. There is no reason to throw a fit about it. That simply means you are already at your optimal body weight. Your body is happy. Stay there. Don't screw things up by changing everything just for the sake of losing a couple pounds. Like, come on, it's okay. You know, like life is too short to be pining and whining after these five pounds that you can't seem to get off that the only reason you want to get them off is because the models on a magazine don't have those five pounds, even though they've been photoshopped, right? So all of these things that I've talked about, and even others that I haven't talked about, like your gut health and your hormones and stuff like that, they can affect your health and your weight. And, and there's just, as you can tell, there's so many factors that go into what we weigh. I mean, weight is only an outward manifestation of our lived experiences, our health behaviors, our habits, our genetics, our epigenetics, our environment, and the thoughts we and feelings we have about food and our weight, which may or may not be helpful. It's just an, a manifestation of all of that combined. And that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so we can't like, oh, we can't, I think I said this earlier, like we can't just correlate what we weigh to what we've eaten and how much we've exercised. It's not as simple as calories in, calories out. There's some truth to that. But also that's like really, really, really oversimplifying to a point that it's not helpful anymore. It's so highly nuanced. And this conversation should always be individualized with a registered dietitian, by the way, because we want to make sure that we're chasing healthy behaviors without doing harm and feeding into disordered eating behaviors or patterns. So when I think about how to lose weight the right way, or like, you know, how do I eat intuitively? How do I do this whole like food neutrality, body neutrality? How do I do all of this in the right way and heal my relationship with food, but still lose weight? When I think about that, the answer is just like, Hey, let's just take the focus off of weight and let's shift it into your overall well being. shift it into the roots of what's going on and why you make the choices you make. Because usually when we do that, everything else falls into place and we get to our individual unique set point weight. And that's going to be healthy because it is healthy for you. And I think it can turn into a cop-out to think that weight loss is always unsustainable. It's always damaging. It's not if you did it the right way, if it was a natural result of you 
taking on healthy behaviors, right? Yes, it is unsustainable. Yes, it is damaging if it's a result of a diet, like a crash diet or even like calorie counting. I think that that's not very helpful either. If it's the result of surgery, like that's super damaging. And I don't think that's sustainable. There's a lot of horror stories from weight loss surgery. I've also heard from bariatric dietitians that talk about how common it is for them to actually regain the weight. Maybe not all of it, but definitely some of it. And I think with weight loss surgery, I mean, this is a whole other podcast episode, but with weight loss surgery, a lot of times we think like, okay, that's the last stop. I, I've tried everything. So now I have to do surgery. And that's the end all be all because I'm surgically intervening, but we're still not getting to the root of why we make the choices we make. We're still not fixing our body image issues. And so even that is such an invasive and dangerous and expensive thing. Even that is still not the last stop. And that's why I actually like to call my program nourished and free. I like to call it the last stop because we are getting to the root of everything And we're getting into the body image piece and we're really healing the relationship with food and body from the inside out. And then if weight is supposed to be lost from that person, then it will be lost and their body composition will change to serve them better and their bodies will, will, you know, be serving them better in general. So obviously it's not to say that it's going to prevent cancer or anything like that, right? There's still things that, that can go wrong in the body. And this isn't like the magic cure or the magic pill by any means, but It is just like, from my professional standpoint, the most sustainable and helpful lifestyle is really the culmination of everything that we talked about today and all those factors. So um, if you would like to work with me on getting to the root causes and really digging into food psychology and your mindset and food wisdom and body image and having a healthy relationship with even exercise, and you want to have that lifestyle that truly, truly is sustainable and lasts forever, I would love to work with you. And I would absolutely be thrilled to support you in this journey and cheer you on and celebrate all of your victories. If you're a binge eater, I cannot wait to celebrate you. No longer feeling that shame and embarrassment that you feel over how much food you ate and the fact that you need to hide it or hide it from the people you love. I can't wait to help you conquer that. And if you feel like you turn to food to cope with emotions all the time and you're an emotional overeater, I can't wait to help you find new coping strategies so that you don't feel like every time you're stressed or having an emotional day that you turn to food. And if you're somebody who's constantly dieting, I can't wait to show you the other side and how much life is waiting for you. Because I was that person that was always dieting, always doing the calorie counting, doing something that was restrictive. And let me tell you, I was not a nice person (laughs) and I wasn't able to enjoy life as much. I can't wait to celebrate you living your life to the fullest. And if you're somebody who is thinking, man, I might have an eating disorder. If not, I'm well on my way. I can't wait to meet you where you're at and help you with healing your relationship with food from the inside out so that you can live a long, happy life with your family and so that you never have to worry about your family, picking up the behaviors that you have, or your children talking about their body the way they do, or using food the way you do, I can't wait to walk alongside you and set you free. It is truly my honor to be here on this earth and help women with that. And I want to be there to do that for you. So if you'd like to work with me, you'd like to really dig deep and take this seriously and make it a priority, then head on over to yatesnutrition.com slash group coaching. 
and learn more about Nourished and Free, my four-month program, where literally the entire four months, we are working on everything that I talked about in this podcast today. If you feel that feeling in your gut, like this is what I need, don't hesitate. Get over there, check out the details and submit an application and we'll review it as soon as possible. And either me or someone from my team will reach out to you about if this is a good fit or not. And then what next steps look like. 